Hey movie lovers, I'm Maria. And I'm Sam. Welcome to Unsolicited Flick Picks. Movie reviews no one asked for. We are almost at episode 10, Sam. Almost double digits. I knew we would make it this far, but I had no idea how much fun I would love doing it. I didn't know we would make it this far. No? I'm very impressed by us. I'm loving it. I'm loving it too. And if it's not enough for us to love it, I hope that someone's listening. Yeah. For anyone listening, any new listeners... If you're just tuning in, we wanted to remind you about our special relationship, Sam and I. <laughs> so the, the podcast is based on movie reviews and Sam is a total movie buff, which is why we're here. But you should know that I'm not at all a movie person. So since starting this podcast, I've probably watched more movies start to finish in two months than I did in like any given year of my life. Wow. It's impressive. Well, and uh, there's a small exception to that because while I was on maternity leave last fall, I watched literally every single Hallmark (laughs) Christmas movie they had on Netflix. (laughs) So. Which leads us into our next thing is that while yes, I do love movies, I tend to like movies that are typically not well liked particularly bad horror movies is like my real jam like i love bad horror movies yeah and i also like to make fun of things so the two kind of just go hand in hand in perfect matrimony yeah so we hope that as you take in these movie reviews you um do it with either a love for movies or just a love for like hating on shit that yeah doesn't deserve to take <laughs> up your time but you do it anyway you do it anyway yeah like this movie we're about to tell you about this week we are talking about cruella mm-hmm. because the moment that i heard that it was coming out i was gagged horrified (laughs) the audacity to make such a movie because i watched 101 dalmatians a lot as a kid it's definitely like in my top three probably i would say but how i watched it this is a cute story my dad used to tape movies so like a movie would be on tv and this is like way back this is even before dvds i'm talking vhs so he would like tape them onto blank tapes. And my particular copy of 101 Dalmatians starts with like some random TV commercials that I, de- I bet like if I played it, I would know those commercials like off yeah. by heart. Like I would know every beat. Yeah. But then it also started with like a random scene from Ace Ventura. <laughs> so <laughs> I associate I those two like so much in my brain so that's just a cute little 
my little that's background so on it. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. I love that. 101 Dalmatians, I only vaguely remember from childhood. Like, I definitely remember the characters. So, obviously, the dogs. Um, and especially Cruella and her fur coat and her little, her cigarette, you know. Oh, her little, cigarette on the, like, the long. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Like, a filter. Yeah, I wish we still used those. Mm. I would totally. chic. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely made smoking look like a good idea to young, impressionable <laughs> children. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even know that I watched the movie like maybe I watched it once, but I feel like we as kids had like Disney themed like plates and cups and oh the merch. Yeah. Definitely all all the merch, exactly. Yeah. And that's where my memories come from. Right. Yeah. So not knowing much about 101 Dalmatians did not help my uh understanding or appreciation mm. for this movie. I'll I'll tell you that right now. Well, there's only a few things to be appreciated, so Let's get into it. Okay. So Cruella, this movie stars Emma Stone and Emma Thompson and came out in May of this year, 2021. It's a Disney movie. It's rated PG-13 for violence and some thematic events, which I think mm -hmm. is like general devilish and people dying slash being murdered. Living a life of crime. Yeah. Petty Not theft. <laughs> Not particularly uh, encouraging to children. <laughs> it did okay um, in the ratings. IMDb rated it 7.4. Similarly, it got 74% on the tomato meter and a whopping 97% by the audience. That's pretty shocking. I kind of took to the internet to see what people thought of it. And mm -hmm. most of it was very high praise of this movie. That's weird. <laughs> I thought so. They must have been like the teen audience who that we deduced that this was the ideal viewer. Right. Curious, just because we're post-pandemic, like when did this movie end, like wrap filming? Because I would just love to know what like happened in 2020 for anybody right. in the world. But filming wrapped uh, in the fall of 2019. Okay, so they got in there beforehand. Yeah, so it seems like everything just lined up. They probably were in production or, um, yeah, post-production, post whatever it's called when you're making the movie. Right. For most of 2020, and it came out in May 2021. So the plot. Before we gave it a quick search on one of my favorite websites, doesthedogdie.com. <laughs> yes. And we were happy to report that no dogs died. Not a one. So doesthedogdie.com is a website that has users submitted information on various triggers that happen in TV and movies. Um, I think it started by people wanting to know if a dog dies before they watch a movie because that's just kind of a, a super popular trigger for a lot of people. Myself included. I personally could watch hundreds of people die, but... Seeing one dog do anything except living a happy and perfect life and my whole night, day, week are just ruined and I just think about it all the time. Aww. I go to sleep. Aww. I think my my trigger is does does anyone shoot drugs? 
Does anyone shoot hair? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's another trigger that, um, that you can find out on that website. Oh, I think have like, if there's yeah. drug use, if there's suicide, right. If there's rape. Yeah. Cause you don't always know. Yeah, exactly. So it's a great website. I love it. All right. So we open upon Cruella or as we discover Estella, her real name. And PSA, I will probably use these names interchangeably because I don't really remember to differentiate between them. And they kind of, as you'll see, they kind of are interchangeable. Yeah, that's okay. Same, same. Yeah. Estella is the child, is the person. And Cruella is what she's nicknamed her dark side. Yes. So it's pretty funny to see her as a child. I, for one, thought... That her hair was fake, like the hairstyle was, you know, mm. fake, and the name was real, but it's actually the opposite. The hair is real, and the name is made up. Oh, yeah. So she's a spirited, rebellious young girl who, through her hijinks and shenanigans, gets expelled from a very prestigious private school. Mm. She also finds a puppy while at school. And immediately I wanted to rip that puppy away from her because her (laughs) reputation precedes her. Um, But she actually keeps the dog and ends up being quite nice to it. She does. That's one of the first like scenes where we see her, I guess, interact with animals. And it is a bit surprising because she cuddles them up. And I, (laughs) me not knowing much about 101 Dalmatians, started to think, oh, like, okay, she must be the dog lover. Mm-mm. Not so. In, not in the Disney movie. So yes, yeah, she gets expelled from her private school, and her mom, her single mom, takes her out of school. Doesn't actually let the principal expel her before the principal can say we're expelling you. She's like, I, I'm taking her out, or what? Um, I'm withdrawing her from school. And so Estelle and her mom are headed out to a new town, a new life. And on their way to London, they stop at this mysterious mansion. And there's a huge party going on. It's very over the top. And her mom is there to ask a favor of some undescript, unknown person. And Estella is, is told to stay in the car. But Estella, being the precocious little girl she is, can't help herself. And she sneaks out of the car with her little small puppy and explores the party. Sadly, out of the blue, seemingly, three evil Dalmatians appear and end up chasing Estella's mother off a cliff where her mother falls to her death. Fast forward 10 years, Estella is living with petty thieves that she meets as a child who we learn are Horace and Jasper, the two goons from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> they live the true grifter life, pickpocketing, running full hoodwinks, bamboozles, lots of tomfoolery, lots of stunts. And Estella joins them. She's a bit of a bad girl con artist herself. Um, but the not- life is not really for her. And we see a scene where it's Estella's birthday, And the boys give her a very special birthday present. They realize she's not really into the petty thief life. And they get her an entry-level job at a department store. (laughs) Like, 
Here you go, the gift of manual labor, just for you. Please, God, no one ever get me a job for my birthday. <laughs> no, thank you. Gifts only. Yeah, not approved by me. But Estella is pumped about it because it's at the Liberty Department store that she loves. She's obsessed with fashion and she is excited about her new adventure. But the job, as it turns out, is not at all what she was expecting. Uh, she's cleaning floors, stacking shelves, scrubbing toilets, and generally being used and abused and hated by her manager. All the while, she just wishes she was one of the seamstresses and was able to really express her creativity and make fashion. As she gets more comfortable at her job, she ends up there late after hours one night. And there's one scene where she gets super drunk after hours in the department store and starts telling the mannequins she feels sorry for them because they're dressed so ugly. And here, Sam, I was really hoping for an awesome scene where we get to see her like redo the mannequins and restyle the whole store. But we don't really get that. We kind of get that. It's but... definitely a moment that could have used a montage. <laughs> we talk a lot about montages in this, the good and the bad. Yeah. But here's where we could have used a montage. You're so, you're so right. <laughs> we don't get that though. It's just like her drinking some whiskey and then cut to she wakes up after being passed out drunk uh, in the department store window, which she did restyle, but we didn't mm -hmm. get to see any of it. We didn't get to see the magic, just the, the, the product. Exactly. Yeah. So at this point, I'm kind of worried that the movie isn't going to be exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, Your worries are going to come true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But it takes a turn. She actually did put together a brilliant window display, so much so that the revered designer, the Baroness, wants to hire her. So she starts working for the Baroness, who is cruel, takes ideas from those around her. Uh, she's just basically a worse version of Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> it, the, the Deville Wears Prada. <laughs> And surprise, surprise, she has three Dalmatians. Triggers young Estella. Uh, the big secret, though, is revealed when Cruella sees that the Baroness is in possession of a necklace that belongs to Cruella's mother. And the memory is sort of unlocked that the Baroness was there the night that her mother fell to her death. Oh, yeah. So there's definitely some secrets going on. There's definitely more of a story there. So Cruella set her sights on stealing that necklace, and after a botched attempt, the necklace ends up being swallowed by one of the Baroness's Dalmatians. So naturally, they kidnap the Dalmatians, something that they get pretty used to later on, and they wait for it to um, make it through to the other side. <laughs> Meanwhile, Estella is pissed and decides to let Cruella come out to play and her desires to be a famous and rogue fashion designer are set ablaze. Yes, girl. She keeps having these sort of like guerrilla attack fashion appearances. 
Um, like if there's a runway, she ups, she tries her best to upstage the Baroness. And so this is kind of a montage, I guess. They, there's like a, a few different scenes that they do back to back where showing all these kind of creative and unique ways that she upstages the Baroness. I particularly liked when she has a garbage truck pull up to the runway and it like unloads all of this fabric. And she kind of comes out of the pile of garbage fabric and it turns out to be her dress and she drives away on the garbage truck and all of the fabric is like a huge train. That was really cool. I really liked that. That was so good. Yeah. Wild. I wish there was more of that type of high fashion Mm -hmm. focused moment. Yeah. So after a particularly bad sabotage of the Baroness's big spring show, which involved a very clever moth trick, the Baroness has finally clued in that her employee Estella and her nemesis Cruella are one and the same. So in a totally rational, definitely non-escalating rebuttal, she ties (laughs) Cruella up and lights her building on fire. She... Luckily is saved by the Baroness's henchman, who, side note, is played by a really great actor named Mark Strong, who is constantly being compared to Stanley Tucci. He's like kind of like the tough guy version of Stanley Tucci. Hmm. They look very similar. Should I know who that is? Uh, maybe. What's funny is that he's in Devil Wears Prada as Meryl Streep's like like henchmen kind of like her uh, best guy. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. it's kind of an interesting little parallel there. Totally. Yeah. So the henchman throughout the whole movie, he's kind of suspicious about Estella's real identity hmm. and rightly so he's located the heirloom necklace and reveals that it holds a key to a box that holds some very important documents. And the big reveal here is that well, spoil like I guess we should have said spoiler alert because we're going to talk about the every episode of this podcast because I'll tell you the plot and then make the movie. I mean, this is at least a new movie. We can't um, people can't get mad at us for when we talk about Fast and the Furious one, but I mean, fair enough. You might not have had a chance to see this movie, but spoiler alert. The big reveal is that the Baroness is Cruella's real mother. OMG! And the rightful heir to a big-ass fortune. The Baroness basically birthed her and tossed her aside, but she was saved by the henchmen. Yeah, she was. So the Baroness basically gave this little baby Estella to the henchmen and was like, deal with this. And so he gave it to her mother. Yeah, who was a staff person for the Baroness. Mm -hmm. She she was like a cleaner or a maid or something. I read something interesting that in most Disney movies, it's the parent that is good and then dies. And then the kind of step-parent is evil. But in this, the like stepmother dies but is good. And the real mother is evil. Interesting. Kind of a opposite there. So Cruella gets to work to expose the Baroness for who she really is. And she does so by confronting her at a fancy party at the fancy mansion. 
Um, and it is in the very same place where her mother had fallen to her death. So she secretly has all the guests come out to witness the Baroness shove Cruella off the cliff. The Baroness is arrested. Acela is believed to be dead. But she has a clever parachute dress that saves the day. That old gem, eh? A parachute <laughs> dress saving the day. Uh, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. Who in the run of a day does not need a parachute dress? So Cruella gets to live on as the new Baroness. She gets to keep making some crazy fashion. We did also learn. So we were kind of, we watched this movie together. And when it was over, we were like, wow, the credits are like 12 minutes long. Like that's kind of long. So we turned it off thinking no, nothing of it. And then we learned that there is a post credit scene. Um, so what happens in that is that Cruella drops off a puppy to Roger and Anita, who we meet throughout the movie. And for those of you who don't know, Roger and Anita are the couple from 101 Dalmatians who own Pongo and Purdy. So Cruella drops off puppies to Anita and Roger. But this is kind of weird because this implies that Pongo and Purdy are brother and sister. So I don't know how they plan on following up on that. Were there puppies together? Yeah. Is that not like common place with dogs? It is, especially with like purebreds. And I think especially with Dalmatians. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of inbreeding. So that's it. I hear there's talks of a sequel. No. There is. Yep. No double no. In the post credit scene, we also too see that we see Roger start to write the little Cruella de Vil song. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't really know what their plan is for a sequel, but I guess we'll stay tuned. Maybe it'll be 101 Dalmatians. Maybe. So why don't we get into some categories? Okay. Let's start off with characters. Okay. I thought the characters were all a little dull. Mm -hmm. Like they could have been shined and refined a little bit and it would have been a much more interesting movie. Mm -hmm. um, Emma Stone, I thought was excellent. She did mm -hmm. a very good Cruella. But I just wish, like, they went a little bit further with all of the characters. Mm -hmm. There was a, like, a monologue that she does in front of a fountain that I think if someone else gave that speech, it would sound really cheesy, but Emma Stone did a really good job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did like seeing the kind of backstory of a couple of the characters, like, <laughs> like Horace and Jasper, because... Um, they're just like funny. They're they're kind of like um oh my gosh, what are the names of the two guys in Home Alone? Oh, couldn't tell ya. Oh, uh, they're kind of like them, like kind of just like two oafs that are like trying to do all this serious crime, but they're just like failing. Yeah. So I thought that was cute to kind of see their little backstory. Um, and then we do meet Roger and Anita from 101 Dalmatians. But with like how they were introduced. With talks of a sequel, I worry that they're going to butcher their little, like, meet cute. Like, how they meet in 101 Dalmatians is super cute. So I feel like that's something that they would change if, if they were to, like, keep going. 
Right. Um, and as far as acting goes for the other characters, I mean, Emma Thompson is just, like, not bad in any role that she's ever in. And I'm not, like, an Emma Stone stan, but I think she did a really good job. Um, like, her monologue's so good. And, and just she just does a good job um, of being kind of crazy, so. Yeah, definitely yeah. does. Probably the highlight of this movie is, of course, the fashion. So I loved that era of fashion, like the 70s punk scene in London. Um, I think the fashion was definitely the highlight of the whole movie. But I found the high fashion looks, the runway looks, didn't feel very like 70s to me. Mm. Like, but I have very limited knowledge of runway fashion especially from london but i think it kind of lost like the 70s i didn't i didn't i didn't pick up 70s when i saw any of the dresses that the baroness designed yeah Yeah. i i feel the same about all of it like all of the fashion all of the even the characters like Mm -hmm. it wasn't super authentic it was like "Mm, we tried we did a little bit of research but here's where we are and we're just gonna make this like anita anita's very 70s because she's played by by a black woman and she has like an amazing afro and like definitely is in 70s bell bottoms and um like the dress shirts and the blazers and stuff. So yeah. she's very 70s. But, but almost like in a caricature yeah. way, like over but the in a, top. In a movie like this, you can deal with a little like characterization, characterization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't translate to any of the runway stuff. Yes, like true. the, there's like a couple dresses where I'm like, that's just, that, that could be from any year in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like they just were all a little bit basic. That so, moth dress was pretty. That was pretty. That was definitely pretty. But not 70s. It didn't give me 70s. Yeah. Agreed. I liked the like the punk outfits that Estella mm-hmm. wore in her off time. Like when yeah. she was just working or like going down the street with her purse slung over her mm-hmm. shoulder. Um she looked great. My only complaint, like I said, is that they didn't really get into the making, the process of the fashion mm-hmm. as much as I would have liked. Because probably 60% of the movie was set in this... Her working with the Baroness. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. What do you call it? Which them? also, diagnosis or whatever. the movie was like two hours and 20 minutes. It was a long movie. It was long. It was very long. Yeah. Maybe some redundancies. Yeah, I think so. So you have a note here about you liked the makeup. I did like the makeup. Um, Like when Estella turned into Cruella. Uh, and had the really pale face. and Right. The black, white, red aesthetic. Yes, exactly. That's all that stood out to me. Other than that, nothing really notable. Um, mm. But I did in my internet research come across this little fact mac cosmetics came out with a cruella inspired makeup collection so if you're ever gonna do a halloween costume make sure you get that red right oh i bet we're going to see a lot of cruella uh, halloween costumes this year Mm, yeah pretty easy costume yeah hairspray i might do it 
We'll do a Halloween special episode. Oh, oh, get ready, listeners. For the month of October, I'm going to scare the shit out of Maria every oh, single God. week. <laughs> I'll try to find some mild movies for you. What's the Mary Kay and Ashley Halloween movie? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie one? Brown, the great <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> I'll keep it easy for you. Okay, next section next category i want to talk about that was exceptionally bad was the music weirdly enough this is not the kind of movie you think music but it was so bad so in movies when they use like existing pop or rock songs and add them into the movie it's called a needle drop um and there are so many needle drops in this movie like if we turned this into a drinking game I would have passed on to the great unknown about like halfway through. <laughs> so all of the needle drops coupled with the fact that this was almost two and a half hours, I'd be dead. <laughs> and it's not just the sheer amount of songs that they crammed in, but the choices were really bad and like extremely unoriginal. Yeah. Um, like they played that like one way or another oh, yeah. and they had like all these like classic rock choices and they just like really start to lose their effect. Yeah. Um, in a part where she's kind of like boots to the ground, she's kind of like reclaiming herself. They play these boots are made for walking. And it's just like all of them are just so on the nose. And it's like there's no nuance to them at all. And it just it it really did stand out as I was watching it. So I Yeah, I agree 100 yeah. percent And in fact, there were scenes where it was, whether it was a montage or this, like, scene going from one time frame to another, mm-hmm. the music kind of bothered me. Like, this yeah. is not even catchy or enjoyable. Yeah. What are you playing? Anyway. So, them playing one way or another really bothered me. That, I feel like, it really took me out of the movie. It was, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs. Dogs. All the dogs. 101. Were- where they were 1,000 out of 10 certified good boys, all the dogs. They could do no wrong. I will say uh, this movie did a lot better showing what Dalmatians more so are really like and mm. the fact that they are not a good family dog. They are because, not certified good boys. No, for the right people they are. Yeah, But uh, that was a real issue with people seeing 101 Dalmatians, I think especially in the first live action one, the one with Glenn Close, people just saw how cute they were and bought their family a Dalmatian. And they're like, they just have very specific needs. They're high energy dogs. Um, They just need very like particular care Mm -hmm. and not really an ideal family pet for someone who's not willing to like put in the work. Right. Um, or for people who just like don't understand that. So I'm glad in a sense they were kind of shown to be a villain in a way. Yeah. Um, so I just pray that Dalmatian purchases don't go up like crazy after this. Because um, with the other movies, it resulted in a lot of surrendered dogs. And we don't like to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a Dalmatian after watching this movie. No. <laughs> There was a little chihuahua who only had one eye and his name was Wink. <laughs> I loved him. 
Yes, I would love a wink. Wink was so helpful. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. What were your overall thoughts? Well, I didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't want the backstory of Cruella to be rewritten. I didn't think it was necessary in any way. Like, leave the psychotic dog killer alone she didn't need to be humanized in any way. Um, I didn't watch Maleficent, but I feel like they did a similar thing. Uh-huh. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love villains. I usually like villains and think they're more interesting than the heroes. <laughs> but I love villains when they are just like irredeemably evil. Mm-hmm. And like if you're going to show a sob story from their past, it has to be followed up by like exponentially worse behavior yeah like the joker yeah yeah exactly exactly and even this movie does get compared to the most recent joker movie Mm. Um, but even with that i i didn't mind the joker because he goes on a talk show and shoots a guy in the head he that's pretty irredeemable yeah yeah whereas in this she doesn't really do anything that bad. No, the the Baroness was way worse than she Yeah, was. yeah. So, I don't know. I just, if you're gonna, just go all the way. If you're gonna have a villain, go all the way. I don't like this rewriting history. And especially her of all Disney villains. Like, she mm. wanted to skin a hundred and one Dalmatian puppies to make a coat. <laughs> she didn't care how they died. She wanted um, Jasper and Horace to drown them. Like, don't so uh, people. How was yeah. this movie? Yeah, it was dark. <laughs> this is before Disney uh, realized the lasting effects of death and destruction on our on our child's psyche. <laughs> well that's why they wouldn't take it any further than they did. Yeah. Yeah. Cruella. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well I mean any movie that exceeds one and a half hours <laughs> is automatically a movie I do not like. <laughs> All movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you with certainty that if we weren't watching this for a specific purpose, um, I might have tried it out, but I would not have made it through like beyond the first 20 minutes, Mm. which is a shame because I never would have found out that Cruella was actually the Baroness's daughter. So the whole, you know, full Mm. circle moment in the movie. But then again, I would have gotten that two hours of my life back if I didn't watch it. So... It's a two out of ten for me. Wow. I didn't like it at all. That's a low rating for you. That's making, as we're talking through all this, as I'm talking out loud, I'm currently changing my rating as we speak. Ooh, what am I going to change it to? What do I feel? It has to be a gut feeling. Okay. It is a, now pardon, you're going to have to do a little bit of math here. This is not just a simple. This is a 40 out of 101. I I don't know math. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. A little bit more or a little bit less than four. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. So that's yeah. Well, I I don't think I don't think if I 
had a purpose to watch it. I think I would have watched it, but definitely would have been on my phone the whole time. And then I would have been like, yeah. what a piece of shit. You <laughs> <laughs> miss all the moments. Like, literally, I remember I was like, did they even show her restyling of that window in the department store? Like, in that very first scene? Because I think I missed it. It was just a like split second. Mm-hmm. I didn't because there was no showing of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty oh, great. Bad movie. And we will look out for potential sequel. Well, what's funny we did great. Is, um, what's funny is I we almost went to see this movie in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, no, we are not spending money on this. But for legal purposes, we did uh, spend money on this movie. We did not watch it illegally. No, we did not. We did not. We we almost spent like fifty dollars on it because we would have went, got popcorn. Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. So I call that fifty dollars right in our pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, join us again, won't you, for uh, next week's movie review? And I watched next week's movie last night. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, is it a big old turd. <laughs> it was bad, but such is the purpose. It, it, it I got some great material. Got some great so, material. Join us next week when we watch Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Okay, well, later, lovers. Later. Bye. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.